Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Twice in the week I spent on Marjorie, I didn't get to sleep until after midnight because the hotel's event space was about eight feet from my pillow and someone in that event space was having an absolute rager. Before trying and failing to go to sleep, I chatted with some folks who were at the party to see what was going on. The first night was a first birthday party. Infant mortality has been so high in this area in the past that children making it through the first year of their life was a cause for massive celebration. It was rather sweet to see adults enjoying such a good time around a one-year-old who had no idea what was going on. The next party, a few days later, was no less festive, but for a much more somber reason. It was a celebration to remember an eight-year-old girl who died exactly one year before. People showed me her photo, and despite my condolences, they assured me that it wasn't a sad affair. I don't want to make this series a sad affair either, because despite the incredible challenges they have faced, Marshallese people have persevered. And they clearly have a great pride in their islands, and I don't think they would want to be seen as helpless and acted upon by global forces beyond their control. Instead, they should be seen as a strong community that has withstood some of the worst things that history can throw at a community and continue to thrive. As we spoke about yesterday, they're taking huge steps to ensure that they lead the way on sustainable development. They're also ensuring their future in other ways. Some of those might not be as shiny and glitzy as solar power grids or canoes powered by the sun, but which have made a huge difference to the residents of the country, particularly in the outer atolls. What I want to talk about today is one of those projects. It's a project imagined, implemented, and executed by the women of Kora in Okrani. The name means women who rise at dawn, and it's very appropriate. Every interview you've heard so far, and every place we went to was thanks to the women of Kia. The trip I was part of was there to witness the installation of the final water filters on the island of Rongrong that would bring to a successful conclusion a five-year project to ensure that every single person in the Marshall Islands had access to clean water. I'll let them introduce themselves to you, as they did to us. 
My name is Francine uh, Wasi Jacklick, uh, but most people around town calls me Mutu. So if you hear Francine, they're not going to know who that is. <laughs> um, I am a Kio member. I'm one of the officers as the secretary, and um, I've been a Kio member. Uh, gosh, I can't remember when, but you know we've we've got we've come a long way. Kio is about 17 years old right now. Seven, wow, 17. Seven. Yeah, it's been. A very uh, fun ride. It's my fun job. Aside from Kyo as my fun work, I work at the Ministry of Health and Human Services. Um, my permanent position is the Deputy Secretary overseeing Office of Health Planning, Policy Preparedness, Personnel, and Epidemiology. Um, and uh, three months ago, I was also given the authoritative role as the Acting Secretary of Health because the secretary was not renewed politics so <laughs> so yeah um kyo is kyo karina Rani, and we're very happy because our founder is here and it's monique so we'll do introduction and then we'll go into the agenda is that okay yeah. okay so i will hand it to the back which is our founder monique Somebody go ahead. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. Uh, welcome, I'm Amy. I am the co-founder of you, actually, not the founder, but um, we're really happy that you've made it. Yeah. You know, your flight wasn't canceled. <laughs> Last week, so many flights were canceled, so we're so nervous. Yeah. But um, welcome, in our language, we say yakwe. Um, ya means rainbow and Quay is you, so you are a rainbow to us. Mm -hmm. um, I am a mother, for now I don't, I don't work. Most of us um, have their work, uh, but I'm a full-time mother. And this is um, my baby, actually, Kyo. Mm -hmm. It started 16 years ago. Um, myself and uh, a friend, uh, we were in school on the East Coast, and we graduated, and we all came back. And, you know, we were raised with this mentality to give back. Uh, we have lots of Marshallese proverbs. And Yibot Pagayo means uh, to turn the tides. So it was our time to turn the tides. So we banded together, always like-minded, smart ladies, and created Kyo. And it's a volunteer organization. Um, we do this in our sleep, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, all volunteer work. We don't get paid. Yes. So we do various work from small projects like, you know, reading with the kids and um, the to big projects like uh, water. This water filter project. My name is Kathy. Um, I work for the Ministry of uh, Natural Resources and Commerce. Uh, with the fisheries um, memorand. And um, I've been a field member since uh, the first year, like 16 years ago. And um, it is, um, like Moody said, it's, it's an honor. And we are very humbled by the visit. I uh, welcome you all and hope you have a great visit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
My name is Samantha. I work at the Ministry of Finances as an accountant, and I'm Kyo Trader. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, everyone, and welcome to our store. Uh, my name is Grace, but everyone calls me Kuma. So I'm very pleased to meet all of you. When they say we have uh, all these media, you know, big news media outlet coming from the state, I was kind of nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, I've been a Q member since uh, 2014. Um, and I was so amazed by all the work that these ladies have been doing for the Marshall Islands. And I'm very proud to be part of Q Club. Um, I work at Rongolap Atoll Local Government. And I'm not sure if you know, but Rongolap is one of those Atoll that was affected by the nuclear testing. So, um, again, welcome. Kia worked with Sawyer, the people who make the ubiquitous water filter, which is a favorite for through hikers and other outdoors people, to provide a water filtration system that allows Marshallese people to filter the rainwater they collect and remove harmful bacteria that can cause diarrhea and vomiting. While these might seem undesirable to listeners in the US, they can be fatal in other settings. In 2019, around 1.5 million people died from diarrheal diseases. That's more than all violent deaths combined. Around half a million of those deaths were children. One thing that's remarkable about the project is the way it was realized. Kyo began distribution in the most remote and hard-to-reach atolls, taking tiny boats across choppy seas for days at a time to get to remote islands and then working with traditional women leaders to ensure that everyone on the islands knew how to use the filters. Then, they began working towards Majuro, the capital. I've seen lots of NGO projects in dozens of countries. I've worked with some of them, but I've rarely seen a model that prioritizes need this well. In far too many cases, proximity to power ensures access to resources. This is a global problem. Just look at how the US distributed masks and COVID resources to reservations last. Or, if I step outside, I can see how the lowest income parts of San Diego, the city I live in, have the worst roads, and get the least infrastructure spending. The fact that Kyo did things differently is a testament to the strength of their commitment to their community. In fact, the project finished distribution during my trip to the Marshall Islands, completing the last island on Marjoro Atoll in early July. But a few days later than that, when Kyo invited myself and some other journalists to a goodbye breakfast, they presented a filter to the former president of the Republic of Marshall Islands, Hilda Hine, Despite being the last person to get one, she was very grateful. And it served as a great illustration of the priorities of the group. They wanted to go to the hardest places first, because they knew people there needed help the most. Here's President Hilda Hine after receiving her filter. I was telling Monique that um, we don't drink from our tap water. We have our own system, but we don't know if it's clean, so we buy our... uh, drinking water all the time. So with this one, I probably will stop uh, buying uh, (laughs) Pacific Pure Water. (laughs) I joined Kia and several other journalists for the final leg of their project, which involves installing the water filters. This doesn't really take long. They're basically a soil filter attached to a five-gallon bucket with a length of flexible hose, and then explaining their value and upkeep to the community. As we heard yesterday, groundwater is harder and harder to come by in the Marshall Islands thanks to climate change, and so people rely almost exclusively on rainwater. They collect rainwater in giant plastic tanks. They've only recently replaced a hodgepodge of different collection vessels. 
Incidentally, a visiting scientist from the CDC told me that the installation of these tanks has increased the safe disposal of waste because people no longer need to take their bins to collect rainwater when it rains. Once water is in the tanks, the residents can draw it out into their five-gallon bucket and then filter it for safe drinking. The soya filter system may seem very simple, and it is, but that's what makes it a perfect solution here. A complicated electric filter or one that relied on pipe water pressure or had a ton of moving parts would require constant maintenance, which is hard given the long journey to the outer islands. In my career in journalism and in nonprofit, I've seen countless well-intentioned aid projects completely fail to consider the need for sustainability and become useless oddities in a few years. Cargo bikes made a huge difference to coffee farmers in Rwanda until they needed new brake pads and there wasn't an importer for them. The same goes for countless glucometers I've seen distributed to people who can't access the batteries they use or the test strips they rely on. This won't happen in the Marshall Islands, in part because the project was led by the community itself and not by outside nonprofits looking to maximize donation dollars or media opportunities, and in part because the only maintenance a soil filter needs is a backflush of the filtered water that it makes. Yesterday, we heard a little from the Marshallese Environmental Protection Agency about how they grapple with climate change. Today, I want to explain how they're working alongside Kyo to ensure that even as sea levels rise, Marshallese people will have access to safe water. The Marshallese EPA works to ensure that the water in people's tanks isn't contaminated, and the filters that Kyo provided work to make sure that even if it is, people won't get sick. They often travel to the outer islands together to reduce the cost, sharing a small boat. It's a rare example of a non-profit and a government working together without competing or doing the same thing twice. At first, Mariano explained, people weren't sure that such a tiny filter could make such a big difference. So Kia worked with the EPA to use a visual test for microbial activity to show people how effective it was. Here she is explaining how the EPA helped Kia build trust in the efficacy of the soil filters. Uh, when Sawyers uh, and Kia uh, approached us with... Uh the filters, uh, before that, a lot of people were already asking us, so can we, um, can we trust this, you know? Can you do a test in your lab to tell us and confirm that this is, you know, as good as they claim it to be? Doing the test allowed the EPA to help Kyo get greater uptake for their filters and allowed Kyo to help the EPA achieve one of its mandated goals. And so, when we produce these very visual, like quanta, quanta or quanti trays, uh, the 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 um, the experts will get into it. But when we produce them and show uh, a visual uh, a contrast between the water before the filter and then the water before the uh, after the uh, uh, filter uh, filtration, it was. You know, amazing. Like it's it's so clean, and and you know, we we make decisions based on science and that science right there. And so uh, we use that visual photograph outside of that 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 meeting to show people. Um, you know, we're not going to get into the microbials of whatever. This is the difference the water before the uh, filter and then after. And so uh, we're, we're just really happy that Kyo was able to include us. Uh, this is one of our mandates, but we never resourced that way to, you know, 
do all of the things that we want to do to address water quality issues. Of course, it's impossible to deal with a water issue in isolation. Everything in the Marshall Islands and really anywhere else where you're paying attention has to take into account the impact of climate change and how communities are going to survive when faced with an increasingly hostile home planet. Marianne explained how access to clean water helps make the community in the Marshall Islands even more resilient. Well, if, if you're trying to survive, the last thing you want to worry about is an outbreak of diarrhea mm-hmm. or hepatitis A or you know, waterborne diseases that are preventable. Mm-hmm. And so clean water, you know, you, you're, you're much, much more better mm-hmm. as a community if you can thrive and, and uh, on, on clean water. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Water is life. Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, was booted! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One night during my trip to the Marshall Islands, I was able to join Kia for a dinner that celebrated the completion of their water project, meaning that everyone in the Marshall Islands had access to water that won't make them sick. To get a better sense of what this really means, I wanted to talk to some families who had received those filters and to see what the clean water access meant to them. We've all heard that water is life, and that was a slogan used for Kia's project. But it's difficult to appreciate that if you live in a place where you can just turn on a tap and have access to clean, safe water whenever you want. 
When Kira made their posters for that dinner, they included a photo of a little girl on Arno Island who had been one of the first to receive their filters, happily drinking from a jar of clean water. That was back in 2018. Since then, they thought they'd heard the terrible news that she died. But just before the dinner, they found out she hadn't. And so they invited her to join the celebration. I was able to sit down with her, her mother, and other recipients of the filters for a quick interview via translator on the tiny island of Boken Boten. So they, they never filtered their water before. They would drink straight from the water wells or the water catchments. Sometimes, she said, people would get sick. We also spoke to Anidi, a resident of Rong Rong on the day that she got her filter. Francine helped to translate her responses. Thank you. But she had heard about that there was going to be filters coming to the island. When she first heard, she thought the filters were going to go directly to the water tanks. And now that it's more accessible, it's like she saw this bucket, she's happy. It's better. It's better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, there had been an outbreak of diarrhea around the atoll. So this was a welcome relief. Um, so she had heard that uh, the, there was uptick of cases in Madrid, the capital. And when she had first learned about it, she was um, scared and worried. But um, to hear that there's uh, folks coming, coming here to the island to check on the water, it made them feel a little bit more you know, at ease. The family from Arno, who had travelled a long way on a small boat to meet us, were looking forward to getting back to their home. Life on the outer atolls isn't easy, but it's not one they want to walk away from. With the threat of climate change already putting their home in peril, having access to clean water must be a welcome relief. I asked if they preferred life here on the capital atoll, or back home. Yeah, she mm. says life in the outer islands is better. There's more space, more freedom to move around for the kids. Mm. There are things she'd like to change, of course, but mostly her concern was preserving their little piece of paradise for future generations. Um, she'd like her kids to be able to enjoy um, access to clean water, um, whether it be you know, through more water catchments that are being available to the family, and also um, electricity, as you mentioned, um, perhaps with the generator, stuff like that, to make life more easier yeah. in the outer islands. She'd like to, you know, like in the future, be able to um, see the fishing grounds preserved, as well as um, the land for their farming uh, needs. The way Kia works with local communities, because they're from local communities, enables them to be much more effective than a non-profit which comes from outside the community. On Rong Rong, they joked and laughed with local women. Monique's husband comes from the island, so they were already welcome. And then after some time bantering, they explained the way the water filters work. In Marshallese families, there's still a fairly gendered division of labour in many cases, and it seemed to be that the women on the island were the ones who stayed to learn about the filters, so it was appropriate that it was women who were teaching them. Preservation doesn't mean there can't be change. The Marshall Islands have seen a huge change in the last few years, 
And much of that is down to the dedicated work of a large number of women who have formed community groups to empower each other and address social, ecological and public health issues that are facing their communities. The umbrella organisation that works with these women's groups is called WUTME. I'll let Maria from WUTME explain what that means and why they started the group in the first place. First of all, welcome. As you know, WUTME stands for Women United Together Marshall Islands. It also means in Marshallese, your flower. And, and that's how we wanted the acronym to be, to mean both English and Marshallese. And as Daisy said, it was established in 1987 to fill a gap uh, with respect to the advancement of women. In 1975, there was the Decade for Women, UN Decade for Women. And there were two conferences that uh, that took place, and there were a lot of uh, issues that that came about in those two meetings. Um, they were dealing with uh, domestic violence, alcohol abuse, suicide of the youth, um, other problems, uh, child abuse and neglect. So. From those, um, women started to meet, uh, at least some women, started to talk about this, because there were no representatives of women in the decision-making bodies, whether at the local government levels or at the national level. So, so that's, and we got the support of um, our traditional women leaders. Women works alongside traditional leaders and not around them. The same was true of all the programs that have been successful on the islands. On our last day, we visited WAM, the program that builds the canoes we heard about. Although the program was founded to preserve the cultural heritage of the islands and their unique seafaring technologies, some of which are only just being replicated in modern craft in Europe and the USA, it also responded to a need that the community had. In this case, that need was education. So we are a training program for at-risk young men and women of the Marshall Islands. It started out as a project. Back in the 80s, one of our co-founder of this program, uh, the museum contracted him to go through various islands in the Republic. And we were talking about back in the 80s, and we were losing our designs fast. People were coming to Maduro, or going to the States, or just going off islands due to many reasons. And because of that, they, they wanted to capture that uniqueness of each design. But when he was going through from one atoll to another, he noticed that there were a lot of young kids not going to school. So I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but throughout the Republic, there's only about four or five high schools. And most of them are boarding schools. So for example, I grew up in Jaluit, and in that atoll, there's a high school, boarding high school, and then it caters to about six or seven other islands. So parents have no choice but to send their kids if they wanna go beyond eighth grade, you have to leave home and go to these boarding schools. In addition to offering a skill set and an education, the program has counselors in mental health and addiction. They teach young men and women maths, literacy, and how to build the canoes but they also empower them in creating the sustainable alternative transport method that will be vital in building a sustainable future for their home. Likewise, Whoopme's approach is based on listening to people. Women chiefs, you know, we let them know what we'll be doing and what, what would they want us to do. And we ask them to talk with their, you know, like, because these women chiefs are 
owning some of the neighboring islands, and they know their people, and do do need assistance so they can really understand what their needs are because all the neighboring islands are different needs. They make an effort to tie their efforts to traditional Marshallese principles, and in doing so, they keep their culture alive. So being together and getting this, the other thing that would me has done, which is connect our our being to our culture. Being a matrilineal society, we have different sayings or tradition, uh, traditional roles of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have uh, the domestic violence one is called Wedo in Meur. Wedo meaning uh, it's a land parcel. Meur means uh, to be alive, to live and not to be killed <laughs> as opposed to being uh, abused. Mm-hmm. So Wedo in Meur is somewhere you go to and you're able to live freely or in a being, uh, I mean, you're well protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in all our conferences, we, we do use these traditional so that it's something that it's not new. Mm-hmm. It's traditional. So it, they cannot say, you know, you cannot do that because it's a, it's a tradition. Mm-hmm. And we keep the culture alive through that way as well. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, huh? oh. run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Almost everyone you've heard from in this series, aside from the men, is a member of Kyo or Whoopmi or both. Kyo is one of the chapters of Whoopmi, 
and many of the Keo leaders are the daughters of Whitme's leadership. Whitme have implemented parent-as-teacher early childhood education programs, domestic violence prevention programs, and many other social, economic, and political programs across the islands. The results are easy to see. All over the Marshall Islands, government offices and NGOs are run by women now. The Marshall Islands had the first woman president in the whole Pacific, and she was elected in January 2016, a year when rampant misogyny was more evident than ever in the United States presidential election. Of course, many Marshallese women go to the United States, and Whitby's members are no exception. One of the major challenges has been to make sure that, uh, that we keep the organization intact. We, um, because it's, especially in, in, at present time, because there's a lot of out-migration that we have to constantly work with, especially with women in the outer islands where they, they come and then they don't stay long in the urban areas, they just migrate out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now there are so many of them that they're, t- they're trying to form women's group in the uh, in the United States as well. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, uh, they come and visit us and we, we communicate with them occasionally, uh, share in sharing information or other issues, because what issues they experience here, they also experience in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they need to be aware of how we're trying to deal with those. But many women also go to the US for their education and then return to be part of their community and help lift their community up. Now, thanks to Whoopi's hard work and the government's efforts, women don't have to leave to get these skills. The Energy Department has trained women on outer islands, for example, to fix their own power grids. Yeah, so we're kind of all over the place. At one time, we went and... Um, actually uh, train a community of all women mm-hmm. like uh, we had to in, in include men to allow women to be part of the training and we have nine women that graduated uh, certified trainers and um, we awarded them with tools and everything so um, when there is uh, power outages in their solar home systems and um, they can address it. And um, Grace, who's in the middle, that, that's the island where she's from, um, where we train the women to become trainers. And it's our first ever. So when we found that it was successful, we try to extend it out to the other islands. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's difficult for countries such as us, where we've been colonized and trying to find a balance between the mo- modern-day government form of democracy where you're taught that individualism is important and your rights are important and then you have your traditional structure when where you're when you grow up you're taught that it's a collective society you your um piety is important uh respecting it's not your thoughts are not worth it it your elders and your you know your chiefs and so i think that's where we have to find the balance This comment that Angeline made in our chat after her excellent presentation on energy sovereignty really got me thinking about the post-colonial future of the Marshall Islands. Today, they're empowered as an independent nation, but they still have to exist within a framework where corporations and more powerful governments don't have to pay for the consequences of their actions. In 2022, the US unsealed an indictment of a Chinese couple who bribed five Marshallese members of parliament and attempted to bribe a six in order to help them carve out a kind of mini-state, a so-called special economic zone, 
as a tax haven on Rongelap Atoll. This is one of the places heavily impacted by the nuclear testing we spoke about earlier. Hilda Hein, among others, opposed this. She said, Economic development is and should be encouraged, but not at the expense of money laundering and other similarly ill activities that are usually a part of money laundering, as was obvious in the Rongelap Atoll Special Administrative Region legislation. The people of Rongelap deserved better standards of living and economic development. While there's no evidence of CCP involvement in the scheme, it came as part of a larger panic about Beijing's influence in the region. In 2022, the Solomon Islands signed a pact with China to help improve their internal security. And China has already provided the Solomons with police training and donated replica guns and riot control equipment, such as water cannon vehicles. The Solomon Islands are still covered in bombs from the US and Japan's fighting in the Pacific. But instead of helping dispose of these, this form of investment is sending more weapons to the government, not help to the people there. According to a recent published study in the journal Science, the world's corporations produce so much climate change-causing pollution that it would eat up 44% of their profits if they had to pay damages for the impact of their activity. Your reusable straw might help, and it's good that you're using it. But until the world, and giant corporations especially, listen to the voices of people impacted by our choices, things won't change. I want to end by talking about the future of the Marshall Islands, and how Marshallese people are determining that. In the last century, they've been let down by the League of Nations, who reallocated the islands to the Japanese under South Sea's mandate, and then let down by the US and the UN after the war. And they're still being let down by international institutions today when their demands for climate fairness are ignored. But this doesn't mean they can't benefit from international solidarity. It was American-made water filters and a significant donation from a company better known for hiking that helped every single person in the Marshall Islands get clean water. It was Greenpeace who relocated people when the US government wouldn't. And it was Marshallese women who took week-long nausea-inducing boat rides across dangerous seas to distribute those water filters that save lives in places where there's less access to care. With access to the right resources and international solidarity and goodwill, the possibilities for the Marshall Islands seem endless. They've endured world war, survived the dropping of the atom bomb, and they're adapting to climate change by centering community and their obligations to each other rather than trying to each take what they can and get out. With access to clean water and homes free of smoke, their children will be healthier, and every child I met on the island seemed to have bright hopes for the future. I met one kid who wanted to be a basketball player, and another who aspired to apparently be as tall as I am. People in the islands don't focus on their past, but on their future, and with a little solidarity and decency from the rest of the world, they have a very bright one. I want to finish this series with the explanation we got from Whoopi of the Marshallese flag. It's a great flag, by the way, and you should look it up if you haven't seen it. It's one of the most common flags of convenience for merchant vessels all over the world. I've seen it in several continents, but never really knew what it meant. At least for now, it seems to mean that these tiny islands, which have been through so much, still have great hopes for the future. The Marshallese yeah. flag, there's two, the orange and the white, right? <laughs> And they represent the, the relic chain and the radar chain, the sunrise chain of islands and the sunset chain of islands, which form the Marshall Islands. So those two lines, but those lines, there's one orange and one white. Orange is for courage. It's, the, it's called kyo. Uh, and, and the white is for peace. So 
but these lines are not parallel. I mean, they, they become larger as they move up. And they don't start from the, the, the corner. They start from a little bit over the corner of the flag, mm-hmm. meaning that we, we have a past. We didn't start from the beginning when we started this new government in 1979. Mm-hmm. And then it moves up, it doesn't go all the way to the corner at the top because we're always growing. There's, so, you know, we're always growing. We need to grow. It's very important. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.